Everybody all right? Come on, let's give it up for 13 years of faithful ministry. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for those of you um, at home for watching online and hanging out with us there. Uh, it is an absolute, absolute joy. All right, a couple of things I want to set up for you so you know what we're doing comprehensively as a church. We're very intentional in everything that we do. Very intentional. So I want you to grasp fully what we're trying to do. Then I'm going to pray. Then we're going to get to work. All right. Uh, number one, when we, when we came back from our time off, um, we're trying to address multiple things in our teaching times at our church. Okay. So the reason you have the book is because we realized that parenting, how to disciple your kids was a problem in our culture. And we failed before the pandemic uh, to equip you to pull that off. That's why we spent the resources we did to give every household a free book and a free uh, manual to daily disciple your kids with the whole counsel of God. That's why we did it, because we realized that one of the lessons we should have learned is that um, uh, we did not equip parents well. Then on Sundays, we're looking at threat level. That's our series. That's what it's called. Um, and because we argue that most of America has subtly embraced this viewpoint of life and they're building their houses on fear and it's driven by fear and you're making decisions based on fear. And that is a subtle um, uh, deceptive ploy of the enemy for us to embrace a fear-driven lifestyle instead of a love-driven lifestyle. And we're going to talk about that today. That's what we're dealing with uh, last week, this week, and next week we're going to conclude our series. And then on Wednesday nights, do not miss this. On Wednesday night, we've been through it twice already. Uh, this is our third session, the second and fourth Wednesday in the next month. Now listen, please. Well, here's what we're doing on Wednesday night. Men, it's for men only on the second and third. Women are first and third. Um, men, what we're doing is we're doing a series called Intentional Fathering. And what we're doing is we're showing you what your kids, when your kids are ready to leave the home, we're going to show you what they should know, who they should be, and what experiences you need to give them to transition them into manhood. This is very important. There are five types of dads, and we want to be intentional fathers. And we're going to show you how to raise. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life seen one of these, ever. And we're going to give you a 100-page booklet at the end of it that shows you details on how you should intentionally father your kids, especially your boys. And one of the things you're going to do is you're going to, there's one uh, segment in there where, um, ladies, you're going to have to write a letter to your sons. And you're going to have to tell them that I am, I am going to now ask you to follow the lead of your dad. And you're going to literally write a letter to your son asking him to pull that off for the glory of God so that he can walk away from childhood things and embrace manhood. Adolescence is prolonging too long into their 35, and we're going to change that in homes in OCC in the name of Jesus. Now, so every, you don't, I'm telling you, man, if you missed this, you need to go watch the first two and you need to go listen to it. And we have a whole handout that walks you through it. And what are the things you need to be doing? Okay. It's, I'm telling you, I've never heard anything like it, which is why you need to get it. And then lastly, on Wednesdays, Jada is dealing with, um, um, about the issue of the church and why the church matters. This is so huge. She's walking through the book of Acts and showing you again why the church matters. Now, we're, you got to remember that there are two divine institutions that the Lord Jesus himself set up. One is the Christian home and two is the church. The church is actually his bride. And he says those are the two institutions that he wants to train and develop uh, adults and kids in love which is the foundation of the other home that we're going to start building today. And if you, no wonder the enemy wants to disrupt our homes and our churches so that there are no learning institutions. Let me explain something to you. Everybody wants justice, they want love, they want peace, and they want happiness. The problem is, but when you were growing up, if you're a little older, that, that was the norm in our culture that it comes from Jesus. Today. 
They're saying you can get justice, you can get peace, you can get love, you can get joy detached from Jesus. And we're serving it up to tell the world that that is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you want real justice and real peace, then you've got to go through the institution that God sets up. Anyways, so that's that's comprehensively what we're trying to do. And that's important for you to know so you don't think we're just throwing stuff out there because we never do. It's always an intentional strategy to raise up a generation of believers that love God and walk in love. In the times of Joshua, they raised up, they came a generation that did not know God. And that will not be our generation because we believe in teaching the whole council of God. Anyways, so that's what we're trying to do. Can I get a witness, somebody? Good, 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 good. All right, so now, last week we started a series and it's called Threat Level. And last week we teed up that the enemy's job is to, is to tee us up so that we live this way. Fear drives us. We ask the question, is it safe? Not, is it right? We ask the question, um, how do we set up the best appearance we can have so that people believe that we're something we're not? We then lead to, because people have heard us in the past, we then say, well, let me just, let me just get as much money as I can. And you know you do that because you care more about money than loving your neighbors because you don't ever pull your garage up and talk to your neighbors. You just wanted a big fancy house and you and your kids be happy, but you don't know nobody live around you. When the reason God's put you there is so that you can build up his kingdom by reaching your neighbors for Jesus. But yet still materialism has driven us, driven us. And then now we want to control everybody because somebody's trying to take your money, either the government or somebody that don't like you. So now you're going to control everybody around you to make sure they can't get what you got. And you think it's cool to live your whole life by fear. Most of us didn't even know that we were doing it. So today I want to show you where it all started. Whenever, you, whenever you're looking for a concept in the word and you see it, you must, go, you must always ask, where was it first mentioned? First mentioned gives you the context of why we're in the predicament that we're in today. So I need you to stand and let's do a little theology. We're going to do a little work today in the text. So let's stand and let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's pick it up around about uh, verse number 5. And let's see what he has to say to us today. Lord have mercy. Somebody go and get mad and walk out on today. But it's okay. You don't, you don't bother me if you walk out. You really don't. Because if I have the Bible on my side, I'm good. In the name of Jesus. Okay. So let's see first mention. Here we go. I need you to read with me. Everybody reading the word of God. Here we go. Real loud. For God. Stop. That's not everybody. I need everybody. Say everybody. That's it. That's it. That's it. That means you. Here we go. For God. Will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. What? Oh, this is good. What did the devil tempt Eve with? Eve wanted knowledge. She wanted education. She wanted to know everything. She wanted to control everything. And so he says, the enemy, Satan, went to Eve and said, I want, God is holding out on you because he don't want you to know something. But I'm going to tell you, he just don't want you to be like him. Please, please know, watch this. Between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Chapter 1 of Genesis is the overarching view of what happened. Chapter 2 is where he gives all the details. Somewhere between chapter 1 and chapter 2, there was a cosmic battle where the devil mm, wanted to be like God. And so since he wanted to be like God, he said, God, I want to know as much as you know. And if you don't let me know as much as you know, it's not going to get pretty. So God says, no worries, you're gone. Ezekiel chapter 28, Isaiah chapter 14 tell us the same thing. Listen fam, listen fam. So guess what the enemy did? The same thing he struggled with, he now teased it up for Eve. And said, Eve, 
you can be like God. You don't need God. He just want to hold out on you because you want something that he don't want to tell you. And the only reason he don't let you eat the apple is because if you eat it, you're going to be like him. Where you can control everything and you don't need God. Can I tell him it's the, can I tell you it's the same thing he struggles and he tees up in front of you? Which is why you say to yourself, well, I know better than God. I'm leaning on my own understanding, not on God's. And I'm going to make decisions based on my own understanding. And I'm not going to trust God. The same thing. He teed up for himself. He teased up for Eve. And now he tees up for you and me. And the same temptation get us every time. Do you hear me? The same temptation is what's now creeping up into your house. Which is why it's driven by fear. And it's not driven by love. All because the devil said, don't you want to know as much as God knows? That's why most of you say to yourselves, yeah, God told me so. Because that is putting, that is putting God on the knowledge that you want to prove to everybody that you know best. Say it! Say it! Verse 6. I know you're talking about why I'm standing so long. Stay standing a little longer. Here we go. We, we, this, after this, I'm going to make you sit down. Verse 6. We're going to verse 13, but you can't stand up that long, so stop at verse 6. Read with me. Read with me. When the woman... Stop right there. Sister girl. You had food in a hundred thousand other trees. And you make the devil convince you that you can't enjoy the 100,000 trees? You got to focus on the one that he told you you shouldn't have nothing to do with? Oh, I know there's somebody in this section. <laughs> that God <laughs> has allowed you to enjoy all of this. And you're looking at God and telling him, but this is the one I want. No, God tell you if, you, if you take this one, all hell fit and break loose. But you like, that's the one I want. That one right there, that one right there, that one right there, that one right there. You know you had no business marrying the fool that you done married. Some good guy showed up, but you're like, no, he boring, he boring. Give me some action, give me some action. I need some action. I mean, he got to, he got to, got the bling. He got to be a thug. He, he need the action. So you got the action. What the action at now? Somebody in this section feel that a while ago. This section right here. And look at my Belisa up front. She'd be like, <laughs> forgive me, Lord. Anyway, come on. I, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. All right. All right. All right. Um, um, Jada's, Jada, right now, let me tell you how my wife thinks. She said right now, it don't take all that. Let, let the people sit down. Let the people sit. So sit down. I just know what she's saying. She said, let the people sit down so they can enjoy <laughs> here we go come on come on, come on. Uh, uh, uh. and read it with me and that it was a delight to the eyes let me talk to the fellas now <laughs> this section said leave us come over here come to this uh, they, <laughs> they walk in the spirit now they say somebody in here this section right here somebody online somebody online it was a delight to your eyes. A delight. Now you know what you should look at. And you know what you shouldn't look at. But because it was a delight. To your eyes. You kept on looking. Ain't nothing wrong with seeing it the first time. But everything wrong with seeing it the one thousandth time. Can I get a witness, ladies? Can I get a witness? The same, the same trick he's still using. So watch it. The text says, the text says, the woman saw that it, the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. What is she after? She want to know. She want to be in the know and she want to know it more than everybody else. So she says, I want to know more than everybody else. So I'm the smartest one around. 
she took some of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband with her. The text should read something else after this. The text should read, and, and she also gave some to, to her husband with her. And he counseled her and said, sweetie, you know that our God told us not to eat of this fruit. So here's what we're going to do. I know, I know what you did. It's okay. Uh, let's, let, let me hold your hand and let's go find God and let's confess our sins to God so that the whole human race is not jacked up. That's what he should have done. If he could see further down the road, he would have said, baby, you have no idea what you done did, but let me lead you courageously. I'm going, I'm not going to be passive. I'm going to reject passivity and me and you going to walk back to Jesus and we're going to say, now Jesus, my wife done sin, but you asked me and I wasn't there. So the serpent was talking to my wife. I shouldn't have had no serpent talking to my wife. I should have stepped in and cut off its head, but I didn't. So, so I'm sorry for my poor leadership, but I didn't dig the hole deeper by eating what she gave me. So I'm going to now on her behalf as her priest ask you to forgive her and me for not following you. Now that's what should have happened. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> but that's what should have happened. By the way, I wonder what's going on in your house today. I wonder when your wife brings some stuff that's not in the word and ask you to dabble in it if you dabble in. I wonder if when your wife decides that it's not cool to follow Jesus in this area of life. I wonder if you're having the hard conversation and saying, sweetie, no, not on our watch. He did it to Satan. He's not going to do it in our house, baby. I know you're going to get mad because I know you really want to do this. But this is not of God. So we're not going to do that. And we're going to stay focused because, sweetie, there is more freedom when you follow God than when you don't follow God. So let's enjoy the freedom that he gives to us. I wonder if there's a generation of men who ain't scared of their wives that will say, baby, I love you to death, but you outside of the counsel of God right now, so I can't follow you there. I wonder if there are any ladies in here. When your husband asks you to do something stupid, by the way, when I say stupid, I mean bibli biblically stupid, which means sin, because I know somebody going to go home and say, well, the pastor said, if I don't want to do what you want to do, then you, I just need to tell you, baby, don't be babying unless it has to do with Bible, okay? If she violates in the Bible, you're on good territory. If you're not violating, if she's not violating the Bible, just ask you to do something and you don't want to do it, don't be using Jesus on that. My God. She took some of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband with her and he ate. Next verse. Then both, then the eyes of both of them were open. Well, I tell you what, if you just stay in the Bible, that's why you don't need to preach nothing but the Bible. The eyes of both of them were open. That begs the question. Why that? Weren't their eyes open before? Didn't they see the fruit? Didn't she go pick it? Eyes were open. So what the heck does the text mean when the text says the eyes of both of them were open? Well, here's what it means. It means that once you ate that fruit, Eve and Adam, all of a sudden now, your conscience was opened up. So now, watch it, watch it, don't clap yet. Watch it. So now, you didn't know what evil was because God was protecting you from evil. He loves you so much, he's trying to protect you from stuff. But you so nosy. That's what it is. You so nosy, you got to go eat something that God tell you don't eat because you wanted to experience it. Is there anybody here who want to experience something that you know you shouldn't experience? But you go dabbling it and all of a sudden it done hook you now and you can't leave him or you can't leave her or you can't leave the money because you're hooked on something that you have no business ever being hooked on. Jesus, help us, Lord. Anyways, let's get back to the text. Um, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. 
Now hold on, you got to laugh at some stuff. The Bible funny. So first of all, y'all were walking around butt naked and ain't nobody knew nothing. Y'all just thought it was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you, it, well, let me not say that. Jada is in the house. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You normally just go bam and you just be having to Anyways. Um, and, and, and then, and it was fine. But after you ate, all of a sudden now, what's that? Ooh, what's that? You were fine just five minutes ago. All of a sudden, you got to cover stuff up. That's what happens when you get nosy and want to know what God knows. That's why sometimes you must say, God, I don't know everything. Here we go. Nor do I want to. I just want to follow what you have asked me to do. God, I don't need to know step number eight, nine, and ten. Because if you told me step eight, nine, and ten, I probably wouldn't go. Can you just show me, can your word just be a lamp unto my feet? I just want the next step. I, I don't want to know everything. I don't want to know when I get to heaven, you can tell me the rest. Right now, I'm going to trust you with what you have shown me and you've just shown me the next step. That's all I need, God. I don't need to know everything. Woo! And they knew that they were naked. It gets better. And then they started sewing fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. Who told you you needed coverings? But you don't open up your little brain. You don't open up your little heart to stuff that you have no big. That's why you got to protect your kids early. And don't let them see stuff. Y'all be letting the TV disciple y'all's kids. And then you don't know that Disney and all of them got a game plan to, to, to feed into their brains a counter life that you are not asking them to live. Next verse, 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 verse 8. We're going to 13, I think. Verse 8, if we ever get there today. I'm going to get to this and the new one, but I got to... Sometimes you just need to hang out in theology because it's so good. It really is so good. And if you follow it, it will guide your whole life. Okay, watch it. Now they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves. No, no, before the fall, y'all were chilling with God. His presence was there. And you enjoyed the presence of the living God. You enjoyed connection with God, community with God, oneness with God. You enjoyed it all. Then you ate, and all of a sudden, you got to hide. You got to, huh? What? Is that God? Oh, Lord, he going to find out that we, that we didn't do what he told us to do. I wonder if there's anybody here hiding from God tonight. You don't, I don't know where you were last night, but you shouldn't have been there. And now all of a sudden, and, and it's COVID times too. So you know you shouldn't have been there because you don't know what was up in that place. But all of a sudden, you all up in there in the midst of COVID. And here's how foolish you are. You asking God to protect you from COVID while you're in a place God told you you shouldn't have been. God, will you please protect me from COVID tonight? Back it up, back it up. <laughs> Jada said, move on. Jada said, I haven't even looked. I just, there's a feeling coming over here. That just said, can you just move on, please? Stay on the word, stay on the word. Don't get off, stay on the word. Don't look at Jada, don't look at Jada. Look at, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, okay, where are we at? Uh, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now they're hiding. They had oneness with God. Now they're hiding. Next verse. Whew. Then the Lord started asking three questions. Question number one. Then the Lord called to the man. Please note who he called to. The Lord called to the man. 
Because God says, I don't know what y'all do, and I don't know what y'all going to do in America later in the centuries. But I'm here to tell you that I gave the man the responsibility. And so since there's order in my kingdom, I want the man to step up, take responsibility, because a relationship has been broken. He went to, he went to the man. I gave you some instructions, Adam. What's up? Where are you? What, what, where are you, man? I could just come and you'd run to me because there was connection. You would run to me because there was no separation. You just loved my presence. All of a sudden, now you can't, you, you, you're not so sure you can go to church no more. All of a sudden, you don't feel the Holy Ghost no more. You, you just don't feel like you have the presence of God with you. All because you ate an apple or you ate something else. Let's keep, let's move on. I never get in trouble. I move on. Move on. Move on. Quickly, quickly. No, verse, here we go. I heard, <laughs> I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was, say this word right here. First time it enters in the word of God. Now, Here's the word fear. Here's what's infected our communities. Here's what's infected our homes. The same word. Fear. All of a sudden, and I was afraid. Enter Satan and his counterfeit driver. The driver's supposed to be love. I've never been loved like this, God. You created me. You didn't have to. You didn't need me. But you created me. And you've given me everything I can enjoy because you want to have this connection with me that's driven by love. But all of a sudden, enter the evil one. The one, the roaring lion, seeking to devour any relationship you have with God. And now you start living your life based on fear. He continues, because I was naked, so I hid myself. Next verse, verse 11. And he said, second question. Who told you that you were naked? How did you know this? Because you're into knowledge. By the way, if you're in the burbs, suburbs that is, uh, you're into knowledge. You're into education. You're into, let me know as much as I can know. Nothing wrong with it except when it becomes your driver of your life. Nothing wrong with, 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 with trying, to, trying to educate yourself, trying to be the best you can be. All of that's fine. It can be in the car. It just can't be in the driver's seat. Fear, too, can be in the car. It just cannot be in the driver's seat. And too many of us for too long have allowed it to be the main driver of our hearts. The text continues. Have, I, have, have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded, strong word, you not to eat? Have you violated my word? Seriously? Is this how you're going to treat me? After all that I've done for you, you're just going to violate it? As if I said nothing to you? Next verse. And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree, and I ate. I live there in a man today who you keep blaming your wife. Instead of taking responsibility, you keep blaming her. The woman you get, if you get, I promise you, God, if you gave me another woman, it would have been different. If you didn't give me Eve, but you gave me Sheila. <laughs> right. You wouldn't have money problems anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> By the way, let me let him have that ain't no Holy Ghost. It just wasn't, it just wasn't correctly taped up there. You know, folk have been seeing the Holy Ghost and everything. That ain't the Holy Ghost. That's just somebody didn't tape it right. That's theological correction right there. Whoop-a-doo. Let's go. Next verse. Let's finish. Come on, come on. Let's go now. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent, here's the key word of it all, deceived me and I ate. Satan is still in the deceiving business, ladies and gentlemen. He really is. 
He's going to make whatever decision you have to make. He's going to give you 99.9% truth. And the 0.01% will kill you. That's what he does. That's what he does. So then, then introduces in this concept is the word. Didn't I say the day you eat of it, you will surely die? So then that begs us to explain the theological concept called death. There are four types of death. None of this is in your notes. There are four types of death. You have spiritual death. You have relational death. You have emotional death. And you have physical death. Now, whenever you see the word death in the first part of Genesis, really, first chapter 1, 2, 3, really what it means is separation. Separation. Say the word separation. What does it mean? Two more times. What does it mean? Last time. What does it mean? Good. So when God says, you, 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 you'll surely die, it means there will be a separation of me and you. There's a separation that takes place. When it comes to physical death, there's a separation of the soul from the body. There's a separation that takes place. When it comes to, listen, when it comes to emotional, now there is fear that floods your heart because you don't trust God. So, so emotional separation means, God, I don't know if I can trust you, so I'm going to try and do it myself because I'm fearful. That's where it enters the world now. So now this issue called fear is a driver in our culture. Uh, and when it comes to relational death, that means you can't connect with your spouse. You can't connect with your kids because there has been a separation that has taken place. Now with that as the foundation, now I want you to see why the enemy is the master of fear. Enemy, the devil is the one that creates an entire environment so you think you're missing out on something that God's trying to protect you from. So now, let's give you a review of what happens. Pastor Matt, come on up here, please, and redo this one. So now, everything is driven by fear, and the foundation of the house that you build is safety. What does that mean? That means you're asking the question, first, is it safe? Is it safe in the market? Is it safe for me? I want to time the market, so therefore, so therefore, if I don't think it's safe, then I'm going to pull it all out. If I don't think it's safe, then I'm going to talk to my, to my, to my finance guy and say, okay, if it go down, how am I going to make sure I don't lose nothing? If it go up, how do I make sure I get all the gains? And how do I make sure knowledge? I'm always ahead of it all because it's now become my God that I think about, which is why you watch the market every single day. Because you love your money so much. You, you don't talk to God like that every day. You don't read your Bible like that every day. You don't hang out in the word and meditate on it day and night so that you might do everything that's in it. But you do watch the market every day and you do listen to them financial shows every day to make sure you're up on the latest knowledge. Because you don't just want to say, hey man, I'm just going to put in a little at a time and then whatever happens, happens over time. Or when I reach a certain age, I'm going to flip the asset allocation so it's the right one. No, 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 no. You want to beat it because you want to know more and you want to know the best. It's driven by fear. It's driven by fear. All right. So, you know, we're asking, of course, the safety. Conversations with your spouse. Driven by fear. No, you don't want to have a conversation because you know if you have this conversation, it's going to be painful and it's going to might take four weeks for it to be resolved. So therefore, let me just be silent. And if I'm silent, then okay, yeah, we might get derailed a little, but it's okay. I just don't want to be in the doghouse because I raised a question that she didn't like or that he didn't like. And you let fear drive your whole life. You're at work and you don't want to have the hard conversation with an employee. You don't want to have the hard conversation because you don't. Well, they might leave and if they leave and I'm going to have anybody to do and, and you get on all the list of why you can't lovingly confront somebody. You have relationships with your kids, but you're not so sure that their little heart can take it. So you don't want to, you don't want to tell them the truth about themselves. So you keep telling yourself a lie so that you don't ever tell your, your kid a truth. And then you're going to release them in the world where they're going to tell them the truth and they can't handle it because you didn't have the courage to tell your kid the truth. You still fighting with teachers about what they should be and why they're not it instead of telling your kids the truth about themselves. Can I get a witness from a teacher up in here, up in here? It's all because of fear. And most of the time for parents and kids, it's your fear, not theirs. All because they're trying to play it safe. All because they're trying to play it safe. 
You got a dude that you're dating, but you're not so sure that if you ask him the question, if he might leave you and he might be the last one that might be attracted to you for a year. You don't want to be single for a year. So you, you deal with nonsense because you don't want to have the right conversation because you don't want to say, hey man, look at here. I follow Jesus. Who do you follow? And because you don't want to have it, and because you're fear, and you want to be safe, and you don't want to look, you don't want to appear as if nobody don't like you, and you're tired of your, in, you're tired of everybody else saying where your man at, where your girl at. So now you don't want to look gay. So now all of a sudden you gotta say, here go the person I'm dating. Come on, man, what's wrong with us? Driven by fear. Mm-hmm. And then as if that's not enough. It go, Matt, did this fall down again? Oh, Lord, I, re, I rebuke you, materialism, in the name of Jesus. Okay, Matt, <laughs> just leave it off, leave it off, leave it off, we're good. <laughs> Somebody in here stuck in materialism. Oh, I can stay right there for, I can stay right there for a minute. Somebody in here still has the money, God. So we're driven by safety, and then you have appearance. And a parent says, I want you to think better of me than I really am. I don't want you to know who I really am. So I'm going to project something that's not true because I don't feel safe that you're going to love me if you know the real me. If you know who I really am, will you really love me? If you really know, talking to your coworkers, how jacked I am, would you still love me? And because you won't, and because most of us have created environments where if you really know me, you're not going to love me then you have to project something that you're not. And so now, since you do it, your kids has caught it from you. So now your kids want to make sure that they look good on the outside. Even though your God tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 16, hey man, I don't care so much about the outside, I care about the inside. But you teach your kids the opposite of what the Bible teaches, so you want them to look good on the outside and overlook the drama they create on the inside. And so from appearance, then we go after money. And then after money, we go after control. And so we live our lives that way. But what's God asking us to do? Pastor, Pastor Matt, take them all down now and then put up the second model. I'm only going to get through half of it. We'll finish it next week. <clears throat> but here's what he says now. He says, no, I, don't, I want you to be driven by love. I don't want you to be driven by fear at all. Let's go to first, first John chapter 4. Let's pick it up there. What does First John chapter 4 says? Burn about verse 18. Here's what it says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. What, what, what's going to be the driver? What's going to be the steering wheel of your life? That's the question. What's going to drive everything that you do? The challenge that we have is who is steering your life. What is steering your life? Who's in the driver's seat? Because for most of us, it's still fear. And in this whole series, I've been praying that God will allow us to be driven by love and not by fear. Because perfect love drives out all fear. All I want you to do is just ask yourself this week, as you go through life, is that decision made by, by, by fear? Or is it driven by love? Which one's driving this decision? You'll see how many times in my own life, you'll see how many times it's driven by fear. Well, I don't know what would happen if this happened. What happened if this? And you're driven. Every decision you make, it's safety. That's coming from the culture that don't want to know Jesus. And God would say, not so with you. You should be the man and you should be the woman and you should be the teenager that's driven by love because I love you that much. Okay, to, to understand this principle, I've got a video to show you today. Um, no, 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 before you go to the video, go, go next to Ephesians chapter 5, go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Watch what the text says. Therefore, say this word with me, everybody, be imitators of, no, no, say it again, real loud, be imitators of last time. Who should you be following? Not the devil, not his fear-driven worldview. You and I ought to be imitators of as beloved children. In light of that, here's what he says. Next verse. He says, and walk in love just as Jesus, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. He wants us to walk 
in love. Three times, everybody, together. Walk in love. Two more times. Walk in love. Last time. Walk in love. What should drive us? It's the word love. That's what should drive us. What kind of love? Let's take a look at it. So, um, here's an experience when, that's Jada right here, by the way. She was outside of the will of God doing this. I, I knew nothing about it, and she was outside of the will of God in one of her rebellious states because I wasn't sure if the insurance policy was paid up. I wasn't sure, you know, if she was going to be alive. She was going to leave me with two kids, and I didn't know what to do with them two kids. And so, you know, I was, I was, I was praying and worrying over all of that as she did her little uh, experience, okay? So, here she is trying to be a trapeze, trying to fly through the air and do flips, okay? Not sanctioned by her husband or God. <laughs> sanctioned by her own inner childhood dreams of flipping. After I fasted and prayed for years, I can now talk about it, okay? All right, so... It, it, Here's why she went. See this ladder right here? This ladder so long, she walked up the whole ladder. Be like, oh, Lord, how did you get all the way up there? She got up there. Then she's now standing right here, and she's about to swing. She ain't never done this in all her life. She's about to swing and then try and do a flip in the name of Jesus. Un, no, in the name of somebody else. It wasn't Jesus. Unsanctioned by God and by me. Okay. Uh, and so here's why she did it, though. She did it because she had the safety net right here so that even if she fell, the safety net would catch her. Then she has a harness on, so, so it's controlled the entire way. And so as she does this, she is doing it, but she also knows that she is safe because there's a harness and there is a net that will catch her. So now, here's what she's going to do. She's going to go and she's going to do it, but only because of the safety net and the harness. Can I tell you what love is? The love of God is? The love of God is your safety net. Because he says, I love you so much that I care so much, I will never let anything happen to you. So before it happens, it has to pass through my hands. I have to sanction it. I have to put my stamp of approval on it before anything can happen to you. So the reason you can do it is because she knew generally she was 100% saved. Because of the love of the net and the love of the harness. So let's see what she's going to do now. Let's, let's see. Press play. Here we go. Here we go. Pray for her, y'all. Pray for her. Pray for her. In the name of Jesus. Whoa. Oh, Lord. Now, is she going to do a flip right now? Let's see. Here we go. Here go the flip. Hey! Do you see how excited she is after she lands? She'll be like, yes, I did it! All of that was possible because of the safety net that was under it. Your God says, if, if I've asked you to do it, don't you think that I would have prepared everything around you to keep you safe? If it's in my word and I've asked you to do it, don't you think that I have been careful enough to... Make sure that you're safe. Don't you think I care about your safety more than you care about your safety? Do, am I not the God who's omniscient and know everything? Am I not the God who's omnipotent and can oversee and change anything I want to change? So why do you think your quest for knowledge is going to do more than my omniscience and my omnipotence? God says, I love you. So if I tell you to go, then your job is to go. And as you go, I will show you all the things I have in store for you. All you got to do is trust it. Okay, you're, not, you're still not believing. Let me give you an old school story about your church that most of you don't know. See, so I got mad at God one time. We are in a hotel trying to get over to a building. We didn't have no building. We were doing about 1,200 people in six services in a hotel. It was, no, four services, excuse me, in a hotel. It was driving us nuts. We were tired. Couldn't handle it, all that, right? Packed like sardines in a hotel ballroom. And then I got mad at God. God, I need this deal. Come on now, God. You got to do this. I need a house. Or you're going to look like an idiot, God. So this is not about my name. This is about your name. You better find these people a house because we're going to look crazy. I looked everywhere. I looked, I looked, I looked. I 
prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I fasted, I marched around Jericho. I did everything to get a facility for God's people and could not find it. And God says, hey, 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 just listen to me. I had a building. I knew which building we should get. I said, God, this is it. This is perfect. I know you got, let's go. And it was, and God said no. And he kept saying no. And he made the city tell me no. You're not getting that building. I don't care if you, the Holy Ghost, and the Father come. You ain't getting that building right there. All of a sudden, I'm mad at God because he won't give me, here we go now, what I can see. He won't give me based on what I know. And my little pea brain don't know a whole lot because I'm trying to get a building that only have a hundred parking spaces and can't work. Okay? A hundred parking spaces can't work. But I don't know. I just think the building is cool. Give me that building in the name of Jesus. I cry it down. I rebuke the devil. I tell him he a liar and he must go to the pit of hell. I, I preached up a storm. And God says, knucklehead, ask not what I have for you. But I'm in the pain of doing four services. And I said, God, then okay, give me something. Because these people are going to think you're crazy. Give me some. So then I'm driving down this road, 121, not even a full road yet. And all of a sudden, I saw the building, the little house on the prayer behind here. Not this one, the other one. And this is such, the, the story is not that we got a building. That ain't the story. Because I'm driving down, you know the story, those of you who haven't been here for a while. I'm driving down, I, I, got a, I got a sense that we should ask them for it, no for sale sign, nothing else up. And they said, uh, oh my gosh, we were praying about who we should give this building to, who we should sell it to. All of a sudden, they sold it to us, and we got it in two months later, we're in that building right there. That, that's not, stop, don't clap yet, that is not it. That is not the blessing, that is a blessing, but that's not the blessing. The blessing is, that when God loves you, He's trying to take care of you in ways you don't even know. I'm just telling you. So he couldn't, he could not answer my prayer because I didn't know what I was praying for. I was praying for a building. That's the office building. That looked really cute, contemporary, all that. But he said, knucklehead, that ain't going to work. I didn't know that at the time. So then we got into this building. Your God is so good. When you trust him. And when I got in the building, guess what I found out? There was a school in the building. A private school. Guess what I found out? When we got in the building. That they paid to be here. So now, all of a sudden, we're getting 30000 extra dollars per month. So now, I'm an owner we are an owner of a facility that's getting paid. Let me explain how, how ridiculous that was. Our total expenses for the month was about $22,000. So the way God set us up is that he said, not only am I going to give you a building. Stop, don't clap yet. I'm going to give you a building. Then I'm going to make sure that the, they pay for the building and the note and all the employees that you got so that you save in $808,000 without one person paying a tithe. The way I work is so good that what you ought to do is shut the heck up and wait for me to move so that I can show you how much I love you. Only God can do that. Only God. Don't worry about your understanding. Worry about what he knows. Because he knows way more than you do. In the name of Jesus, will you trust him? In the name of Jesus, will you be driven by love? In the name of Jesus, will you realize that when he opens the door and you don't kick them down, because we love kicking down doors, instead of letting God open it up. And when he opens it, Lord have mercy. It will be a blessing that you cannot contain. Will you dare, family? Will you dare not to be driven by fear? Will you dare, OCC, not to be driven by fear, but to be driven by the love of a God who went to Calvary to die for you? Will you be driven by his love? We'll finish it next week as we go into the rest of the house. And what it looks like. But the, the challenge this week is. Will you be driven? By fear. It's okay for it to be in the car. Just not in the driver's seat. 
will you build human by love? The love he has for you and the love you have for others. The foundation is trust. Will you trust him and not lean on your own understanding? Heavenly Father, will you lead OCC fam away from the influence of this culture, driven by fear, seeking safety in every opportunity, hiding who we really are and appearing to be somebody else, creating walls of materialism that has now become a God and control and power that now becomes the other wall that protects us and keeps us safe as if we can fully protect ourselves. Help us to abandon that and embrace love driven by trusting in you in all areas of our lives. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, will you stand with me, please? Everybody right where you are, stand. I want you to take 30 seconds and I want you to pray this prayer. I simply want you to ask God, God, will you, will you help me tear down the house of fear and build, start building the house of love. You and God alone, not you and your spot, you and God alone. I just want you to pray that prayer. If you're a teenager in your campus, if you're a college student, wherever you are, I want you to pray that very prayer. God, will you help me tear down the house of fear and build up the house of love. Make that your prayer. 30 seconds. Come on, everybody. Right where you are. If you're online, I want you to pray the prayer too. God, help me, please. Help us, please, to tear down the house of fear and build a house driven by love. Love relationally. Love spiritually. Love physically. Love with reference to what we do for work. Professionally. Parentally. Will you help us to be driven by love? Physically, will you help us to be driven by love? Recreationally, will you help us to be driven by love and not by fear? In terms of our resources and finances, God, will you help us? Everybody under the sound of my voice be driven by it. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we recommit this week. Show us, God. And as you show us, we will walk in obedience. As you show us, we realize freedom is ours when we trust you. So help us to trust. Help us to reject the apples of this week. And trust that you know what's best for us. We don't have to see and taste everything. What you give us is enough. Because you're Abba Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody celebrating God and said, come on. Come on. The God that loves you. The God that has the safety net. The God that's given you a harness. His harness. Let's praise him. All right, we're going to dismiss you in a moment. Stay standing. We're going to dismiss you in a moment. And we're going to dismiss you in sections. The reason we do it is not because we're driven by fear. We're, driven, we're doing it because we want to be wise. Yet simultaneously, we want to be God-honoring. And so we want to make sure that some people are very comfortable, some people aren't. And we're trying to balance both of them as we lead a group of people toward Christ-likeness, okay? So they're going to let you out in section. If you want somebody to pray for you as you're going, just don't leave, just come on down. We'll pray for you. If you want somebody to hang out with you and just say, hey man, I want to connect with some people. I want to serve somebody. Don't, 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 don't just leave. I'll do it next week. No, you're not going to. So make the decision today. If you want to talk about Jesus, this is the time to do it. If you want to talk about how to become a member of our church, then let's have a conversation. But men and women, Pastor Matthew and I will be here the whole time. Thanks for being here. Go represent your God well and show the world what it looks like to be driven.